We just sang a very brief one line, but let me read it to you again. Lord, speak to me, that I may speak in living echoes of thy tone, that I may repeat back to other people what you've said to me. As thou hast sought, so let me seek thine erring children lost and lone. May I have eyes open to the needs of other people that I may be useful in their lives, useful to you in their lives. Join me, if you have your Bible with you, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Verse one. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 12, Matthew 5, 1 through 12. This is the introductory segment of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, all three chapters. And seeing the multitude, he, Jesus, went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I would dare say Psalm 23 and this passage that we just read are probably the two most famous passages in the entire Bible. Blessed, 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 blessed. Anybody here would like blessing? <laughs> we all want blessing. How do we get it? Jesus in these verses tells us what the pathway is. And he is what we're going to be looking at. Actually, what we looked at the last time was a hinge. What we see in the first three blessings is how to step into. What does it look like going from, I'm here in the crowd, I'm from Syria. And the context is there are people there from Syria to the northeast of Israel. There are people from beyond the Jordan. There are people of, he is speaking to thousands of people from every kind of background. They have seen him heal the sick, cleanse lepers. They've seen him 
doing all kinds of miracles. They brought sick people with them so that he would heal them because his reputation had gone out everywhere. And now he is seated on the mountain. They've come up and he is telling them, how is it that I, listener, can step into the fullness of this kingdom? We see a person exhibiting kingdom traits, things that we would expect only God to be able to do or God's representative to be able to do. And so he's got our attention. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How do I step into the kingdom of heaven? I have to recognize that I have nothing. Well, one of the hymns says it so beautifully, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Foul I to the fountain of waters fly. Wash me, Savior. You do this for me or I die. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know they have no claim. Only the need for mercy, and God loves mercy. God loves mercy. Blessed are those who mourn. And again, this, we've done whole sermons on each of these, so I'm just this is by way of reminder. For those of you who have not been here, we're not rushing through this passage. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who see the reality of who they are and what they are and what they've done before a holy God and mourn. Sense the shame they really ought to sense. Blessed are those who mourn for that same God whom they've offended will comfort them. I forgive you. I forgive you. To forgive means I'm forsaking the right to punish you. I'm forgiving you. Do you know that's a financial term? If you owe money at the bank, I don't, I can't honestly say that I've ever heard of this actually happening, but if the bank decides that you know, you owe us money, but we're not going to require you to pay it back. We're going to, this is the term, we're going to forgive the debt. I've never heard of that actually happening, but that, that, that is what, that's, that's where the term forgive means. We're not going to insist that you do what you had rightfully should be doing. God forgives us. I can't pay the debt I owe to God that my sin created. I owe him a measure of where he is allowed to freely to punish me. He forgives me. He says, I'm removing the right to 
punish you from you. Well, how, what frees God to do that? Because he's already, his son paid the debt. When his son went to the cross, his son, what does it say in Isaiah 53? All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. That's us. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, and he paid the debt. Blessed are those who mourn, who understand the reality of their offense to God, for they shall be comforted. <laughs> You're forgiven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who give God room to operate. I had an absolutely fantastic thing happen yesterday. I went to visit John Hennigan up in the hospital, and we're down. He's on the third floor there, the rehab section, and at the end of the hall, there's a little lunchroom there. And so I went down there, and John and his wife are there, and the neighbor is there, and so we sat there, and for 20 minutes, we were in private there. Nobody else was there. And then about right at noon, they start wheeling people in there because they're going to get served their lunch there. And so we prayed and concluded. And so I, we all got up and started to walk out. And there's this nurse who had you know, a couple nurses that had just wheeled people in and they're walking out the door. But this nurse has no idea I'm behind her. And she's just taking her time. She's not in any big hurry. And then she suddenly turns and sees me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know there was anybody behind me. I'll get out of your way. I said, I'm not in any hurry. It's fine. I'm not. No problem. Oh, okay. Well, and then I stopped and I just said, let me share something with you. And it's what I shared when we centered on this a few weeks ago something that my marine son taught me was this is a phrase used in the marines and all the military uses slow is smooth and smooth is fast and then I said to her the reason he said that to me was we were talking about blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth, because that's what meekness is. Meekness is when you back up and give God room to operate, and you allow the process that he's carrying out to take place without insisting that it happen right now. And this nurse said to me, this morning I prayed to God for direction about a certain issue. He just answered my prayer. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Blessed are the meek, those who give God room to operate because they will inherit the earth. And in fact, Jesus is quoting Psalm 37, which David says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And here was David who allowed God, he gave God room to operate. He didn't kill Saul, the king, when he had two opportunities to do it. He let God bring him to the throne that God had promised to him. 
didn't make it happen. He let it happen. And so that when he got there, it was undiluted blessing. He didn't have to apologize to anyone because he hadn't made it happen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And this is what I will call the hinge of these verses, because it is now that I am in the kingdom, now that I've been stepping, now that I've been brought into it, what, what, am I, what is to be the main focus that I am to have as a follower of Christ, as a, dare we use the word, saint? Yes, we do dare, because the Holy God said, you're forgiven, and I'm attaching to you my own righteousness, the righteousness of my son. And so what am I supposed to be pursuing as a follower of Christ? Righteousness. Notice how it is put. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You don't hunger for the blessing. You don't hunger for being filled. You hunger for the righteousness. And the byproduct is blessing. The byproduct is you're filled. And I, would, and I made the statement when we did this passage, this verse, that I, I know of something that happened with every single one of you, every single person who is here who has authentically come to faith in Jesus Christ. We all have one exact, exactly the same experience. The instant you became a Christian, suddenly your conscience became extremely tender. <laughs> all of a sudden, oh man, all those things that I thought were just okay, yeah, well, all of a sudden, your conscience just became alive. That is a gift from God. It is also, be very, very careful, Satan will also use that because now your conscience is so tender, he will say things. I can remember this happening when I was just gotten plugged into Christ. Oh, hey, that kind of thought should have never crossed your mind. Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Satan wants to muddy the lines on or blur the lines on the difference between temptation and sin. It is not a sin to be tempted. It's what you do with the temptation that is the issue. But you are to seek righteousness. You are to seek walking in a way making moral choices in a way and choices. Righteousness also has to do with wisdom, wise choices that in, are in imitation of Christ. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because you will be filled. He won't. God hasn't called you to frustration. He's called you to actual success in changing the orientation of your life since you are walking as Jesus would walk instead of the way the old you would have walked. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that is the hinge because now we are turning to what is Jesus is now going to be focusing for the rest of these Beatitudes on King 
kingdom to come blessing. Kingdom to come blessing. And the next beatitude is blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Everybody here that's a candidate for mercy, let me see your hand. I'll take mercy. You want mercy? What do you need to do? Be merciful. Some of you may have seen this yesterday. I saw this yesterday or a few days before. It was a nine to ten minute sermon. It was by a Coptic Coptic Christians, that's Orthodox Christianity in Egypt. They call themselves Coptics. I don't know why, but that's what they call This priest or bishop is speaking to a packed church. And we would have shown, well, barring the, anyways, <laughs> it was all subtitles in English. He's speaking in their native language. He is speaking to a packed church. It's the day, it's the day after, it's the Monday after the triumphal entry, Sunday. And he says to this packed church, and they've got people seated out in the nave, in the foyer, and I mean, this place is packed. He said, normally there are very, very few people here. Why are you here? You are here because our enemies just three days ago killed so many of us. Two bombings. That was supposed to intimidate us. And instead, here on this day, this Monday, when there would normally be so few people here, this church is packed. This isn't the outcome they were expecting. Let me tell you something else they don't expect. And this is what I am telling you God tells you to do. You go to these people who declare themselves to be your enemies and you say these words to them. I I love you. They're not expecting that. Love them. Forgive them. They are expecting hatred in response. Don't give it to Give them love and forgiveness. And you will receive what from God? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive, they shall obtain mercy. When you step into the presence of Jesus, how can you ensure 
for yourself. A fantastic, outrageously wonderful welcome. By being welcoming and merciful and forgiving to other people. And your father will look on that, which by the way, you can't do that without his provision and help. It won't rise from you. It will be an act in the power of the Holy Spirit, an act of your will. Your feelings will be anger. Think, put yourself in the place of those Egyptians. What do, you, what do your feelings tell you to do to those people that killed your people? Strike them back. Strike back. You're not going to do what your feelings tell you. You're going to obey in the power of God's Holy Spirit. You're going to obey God, and you're going to imitate Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do as he was nailed to a cross with his enemies standing at his feet mocking him. You will only be able to do that by the provision of his Holy Spirit. But then when you step into his presence, God's going to say, wow. That was beautiful. I love that. I love that. Well done. Well done, faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Here is the crown. This is what it's the judgments. This is called the judgment seat of Christ. It is a judgment for rewards, not for punishment. God's people will be at that judgment, and it will be a judgment purely for reward. And he will hand you that crown of the mercy giver. God will create the opportunities for you. Wait! Wait a minute, wait a minute. If he's creating opportunities for me to exercise mercy on other people... <coughs> excuse me, will that not mean that they will have done harmful things to me? Did people do harmful things to Jesus, God's own son? And he should ac accept you because no, we will follow in the steps of Jesus, but it's not just following in the steps of the experience. It will be following in, in the experience in the steps of the provision. That same Jesus who was sustained by his own being God to be able to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do will stand within us and say those words through us. So I can say this to you with firm confidence, follower of Jesus, people are going to do bad things to you. And you will be in the position of forgiving them or striking back. And God says, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. 
And what will you ex experience when you step into my presence? Mercy, mercy, mercy. You will get back what you gave out. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so we see this. Why is it that right now the gospel is exploding in the Muslim world and in the Hindu world? For that very simple reason. Because the Hindu persecution of the Christians and the, and believe me, there's a lot of it, and the Muslim persecution of the Christians, how are Lord willing, all of them, I doubt if it is, but those who are responding with mercy and forgiveness, they're creating a gospel explosion in those countries. They're creating a gospel explosion by being merciful. Satan always over plays his hand just as he did there in Egypt as the man spoke to his packed church he said this church was normally would be empty it was supposed to be emptier than usual because of their killing us and instead it is packed Satan always overplays his hand I'm going to conclude with this join me for just one moment in Psalm 92 verses 5 6 and 7 Psalm 92, verses 5, 6, and 7. O Lord, how great are your works! Your thoughts are very deep. Whoa, Lord! You sure do, you nail it, you get it right. Verse 6. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. A senseless man, a fool, cannot look at your works and identify your works. He can't see your hand. When the wicked spring up like grass, and all the workers of iniquity flourish. <coughs> oh, well, that's bad. We don't want the wicked springing up like grass. We don't want the workers of iniquity to flourish. That's bad, 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 right? It is that they may be destroyed forever. Oh, wait, what? The workers of iniquity flourish, and the wicked spring up like grass, and it leads to what? Their destruction. I was explaining this to a fellow just yesterday on the phone who's been getting inundated with all kinds of wickedness. And I shared this with him. And uh, I said, it's just like the trap play in football. And he's, what? I don't, I never was interested in football, da, 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 da. I said, well, let me tell you what the trap play is. Some of you sitting here know already. <laughs> the trap play in football depends on the defensive lineman being a knucklehead. It depends on the defensive lineman being so emotional 
and geared to what his training. I mean, a defensive lineman, his job is to destroy the offense, right, and break up their plays. The trap play works this way. The defensive line lines up, the offensive line lines up, and when the ball is snapped to the quarterback, one of the offensive linemen jumps out of the way, creating a hole in the offensive line. The defensive player who's on the other side of that hole, I can't restrain myself and I'm not even supposed to. He jumps through that hole and he's going to wreak mayhem. Except he doesn't because the fullback knocks him to the side and the halfback with the ball runs through the hole now. That this defensive player created because he was overeager. God does that with Satan over and over and over and over again. He can't restrain himself. When the wicked spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, well, that defensive lineman, he's jumping through that hole expecting nothing but good from this opportunity. And all of a sudden, he's knocked to the side, and the halfback makes a big play. Satan falls for it over and over and over again. He can't restrain himself. When you exercise mercy because someone has done something to you that needs forgiveness, Satan thinks he's got the victory because he engineered the bad thing being done to you. No, 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 no. When you forgive that person, the kingdom of God is advanced. The kingdom of God is advanced, and there's a big ground-gaining play. Blessed are the merciful, not only in the immediate situation, but even when you step into the presence of Jesus Christ. God is just going to delight in pouring accolades and rewards upon you. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Our Lord Jesus Christ, every single one of us here who has entrusted themselves to Christ has received mercy. But we're also uh, willing to receive more. We're willing to receive more in the form of hearing welcoming words from you when we stand at your judgment seat. And even the rewards, the crowns that you are handing out to those who imitated you, who also from the cross said, Father, forgive them. May every one of us here this week, we're going to each have a chance to forgive somebody, which means we're going to be offended. Bad, something bad is going to happen to us from somebody we are asking that you would remind us of what you said to us today and that we will cry out to you for your strength to imitate your son. And then you will be there. You will be ready. It's not a surprise to you. You engineered it. We are asking that you would strengthen us to 
be the forgiver that you enable us to be by your Holy Spirit. We ask this of you, merciful God, make us merciful people. Amen.